Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, a weekly show about all things engineering, DIY projects, manufacturing, industry news, and footprint dimensions. We're your hosts, electrical engineers, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 362. So we got two announcements. Uh, Stephen, you go first. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm still looking for a website developer for a uh, personal website um, so if there's anyone out there who is willing to help me get my website across the uh, the finish line, this is uh, for uh, my business that I'm starting. Uh, please reach out at S Craig. That's S K R A I G at empireamplification.com. We have the the majority of a website put together and the ideas on what we want. I just really need someone to take it across the finish line. So if there's any website developer out there that is willing to help out, I would love to talk to you. So uh, send me an email at skraig at empireamplification.com. And then uh, my announcement is we're bringing back the Macrofab meetup. It's been like four years, uh, five years, four or five. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I was part of one of one the one of the last ones when I was there. So yeah, so it hasn't been before you moved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, over five years then. Uh, so what what this is for those that don't know is um, we're gonna do a engineering meetup here in uh, Houston, Texas at Macrofab HQ, probably, but like ninety nine percent sure about that, and it's gonna be on May fourth this year. Um, we don't know exactly what we're going to do yet. We might do like some talks, like we would have like engineers come in and talk about design and that kind of stuff. Um, there'll probably be food, drinks, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll see, uh, how it goes. This pretty preliminary. Like we basically like marketing at MacFab today was like, we should do these again. I'm like, we should and go, okay, let's do it. That's about as far as we've got. <laughs> I, I'm sure as we get closer and, and things gel a little bit more, we'll have more information on it. But, but previously, there was there was 40 or 50 engineers that would come by and hang out and network and, uh, you know, got to hear talks and there was some fun stuff. And uh, there was also some sponsorship there. So, so there was a little bit of swag from Mauser, I think, was there. Mm, one yeah, time. Mauser or, would, would sponsor it. Um, I don't know what we're doing on that front yet. If if we are looking for sponsorship, sure. It's, it, uh, th- basically, this is fresh. This is this is super fresh. Yeah, Fre- fresh um, as in like it's probably not even going to resemble the old times. It'll just be like a new version of the old ones. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing this again. Um, I really like the meetups that we did. Um, especially also, it's going to be at our new facility that. Um, been working a lot on the past like five months now um i think we're at like i say we macrofab i think we're moving into it like the beginning of february um so we'll be in it for a couple months and then so like show up and get a tour of the new facility um i think that's on the table too that's gonna be kind of weird because like gonna be like half empty i think (laughs) Well, you guys are moving into a much larger facility. Yeah, we're going from 11,000 square feet to like 48,000 square feet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
but you're also consolidating too because you have you have the the previous locations had were segmented and like different there were the same general structure but the building yeah. was chopped up this will this will put like office space and manufacturing space and things all within the same all in one spot walls, yeah. basically yeah instead of having to like walk around all the racks and stuff you'd be like oh i'm gonna go to engineering it's in this door <laughs> yeah right right right, right. it's gonna be quite nice i can't wait yeah that's super cool so <clears throat> first topic for today uh we were going to talk about this last week but last week we just got on a, a rant with uh cold welding uh so this uh this isn't as fresh but uh the topic is the first right to repair bill has now passed in new york and it is interesting so <clears throat> i actually ran into this because of a video gosh i think it was a, uh, a a video of a podcast that linus from linus tech tips was on um who linus has talked many many times about right to repair and has talked about a lot about lewis rossman which was a big um pusher of the uh, right to repair the the entire i don't know the uh, the whole idea of right to repair especially in new york which is something that's kind of funny about this is lewis rossman has actually moved away from new york now i think i think lewis moved his business to nashville i believe is, is no he's like, in austin texas oh that's right he was looking at at nashville. nashville um in fact i think he even has a video of uh him going through nashville and, and discussing that but you're right he moved off to austin and 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 he was pushing really hard for right to repair and the first bill passed in new york which is where he's moving from but regardless this uh this this video uh, from linus was talking about some of the aspects of the new bill and there's a whole Engadget article that that goes into some more detail on that and and basically what it is is uh the new york governor kathy hochel signed into law the first right to repair bill but there were some last minute changes so the the bill had been uh basically it, it, it had been fully structured but there were some requirements that kathy hochel put in place saying like i'll sign it if these things are are uh, put into play and it sort of undercuts the entire the entirety of right to repair uh it's it's a little bit sad to be honest to see what has changed on that so so <clears throat> let, let me see here let me check my notes so one of the one of the big things that got really under the skin of this bill is the fact that um it was changed such that the the requirements from manufacturers wasn't that they had to provide individual parts which was part of one of the big aspects of right to repair they could now uh, supply assemblies for repairs and the requirement that's what they do now which is basically exactly what they do now and the the wording uh, around why assemblies were acceptable to be supplied had to do with safety reasons so if the installation or the repair itself could cause harm to the end user it could uh, an assembly could be supplied um alternatively and linus made a good point in the video about this saying that so you could cut your hand on something like a heat sink therefore they wouldn't allow you to change something with a heat sink that you'd have to just change the entire motherboard of a xyz part mm -hmm. 
So having so so that's one of the big the major things there. Like being able to supply an assembly and and just give whatever safety reasons just undercuts the entirety of yeah, right that, right that's there. a big big problem with it too. Oh I mean it was I had a problem with oh I guess I still do. I, I have a problem with the whole you have to supply all the parts as the manufacturer as well. Yeah, well, you you know, in the past, you know, when you and I have discussed right to repair, we've uncovered a lot of reasons why it's a little unsavory from both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's just from the fact that well, you got to think about it. You got to think about this as the manufacturer side is is now you have to keep all these parts. Let's say it was like you have to keep any part on hand to sell it as a repair, like even down to ceramic capacitors for bypass in your circuits you'd have how it was originally written you would have to have that on hand to sell as a part and at this point then you're like you're just a part distributor then and who like the infrastructure that a, a company will have to have to handle that just doesn't make any sense logistically yeah yeah absolutely now i don't like what they changed that into either. I think that's stupid. Um, Because the reasoning is safety and security at risk. And then basically like, oh, it's got a capacitor so it can have a charge and then it will shock you. And I think I think from what I've seen, the language is not particularly strong on that. So it leaves it up to the manufacturer to decide what the safety risk is. So if you can come up with any reason, you can then say, well, this needs to be provided as what they call an assembly of parts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from our perspective, we usually think about electronics. Well, what does that mean to me? That means the board and all the stuff that's on it. So in other words, uh, business as usual. Like I've, I'm already supplying yeah. all the all the the board as a purchasable. Well, part. there's some. There are some so. places that don't uh, give you assemblies. Yeah, true. So true. this does kind of force that. But it's like what at that point, what's an assembly? Is the assembly the entire unit? Like let's say it's a blender, right? And then, we'll, then they say opening it up will will expose the end user to wall voltage. Okay. Which, yeah. if it was plugged in, yeah, sure. Or it would sure, has right. capacitors. Like, if it's a, 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 a capacitor start uh, motor in there, yeah. you know, um, you could argue that. But then it's like, well, then what's an assembly for a blender? Like, what part you supply the blender without the box and instruction manual? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that right. your assembly? So, so, um, um, so, something also, or two other things on this. So, the, the bill also strips the requirements for OEMs to provide any uh, password security co- codes or materials to override safety, uh, sorry, uh, security features. So uh, if, if, if doing a repair requires you to get into something that is, you know, uh, some kind of a security. Like feature, a repair, like a, like a diagnostic menu. Right. You can't, they, they're not required to supply that, which that kind of destroys the purpose. On top of that, there's an enormous list of, Maybe not enormous, but there's a large list of exemptions. So medical devices are uh, exempt. Uh, appliances are exempt, which that's kind that's the of one you one. want. That's the one you want, right? Uh, <laughs> things that are used for schools, hospitals, and universities, and data centers are exempt. So, so effectively, the whole law is just 
nothing. It's it's entirely gutted. It's big old nothing it, burger. It, it feels like it's just it it's trying to appease people. It, it, actually, the the one thing that that isn't exempt is is cell phones. Which, uh, apparently, which, according to Craft Lab, uh, blenders are exempt. So my example doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, appliances, right? Yeah, yeah, your washing machine. You you can't. But that's can't that's the thing it. that if anything you could get right to repair on a pl- home appliances is probably the biggest thing because right. they are the big and chunky and they're easy, generally easy to take apart and yeah. then the kind of modular inside. And so like if the, your dishwasher starts draining, it's usually the valve that fails. Yeah. And you can just replace or, or remember I, I talked about it a few months ago. Uh, my, my dryer stopped working and I had to go get a thermal fuse and, and the new heating coil and all that stuff. And, and, you know, I was able to get the parts and stuff, but I got third party Amazon, you know, wonder stuff. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like direct from the manufacturer. So yeah, this, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit funny cause it just seems like the bill was passed to appease people but it doesn't actually solve anything and it, it it like everyone loses in this situation even though i'm not necessarily a big pusher for right to repair i feel bad for people who really wanted this to be like is this what lewis rossman spent all that time fighting for like absolutely not the thing about this is all it took was one person kathy hochel Ho- kathy hochel hochel it has a G in it, but it doesn't. It's not spelled with a G. Uh, Hokol is how. Oh, Hokol. Okay. Ho- okay. How I've heard it been said. My bad. Um, only took one person to completely gut everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This. This. This feels a little bit like politics at its worst. Yeah. Like, uh, ma- making sure that the the right people are happy in politics and uh, pass the bill. Make sure the people who are complaining are appeased and make sure the politicians don't actually lose the things that they're looking for. But so, maybe I'm just crusty. So really the <laughs> only thing you, is like cell phones that you can repair now. And, and that's that's the thing. Like if you look at all the exceptions, it looks like it builds exceptions for everything but cell phones and computers ish. But I think it's really easy to make an argument about safety in computers. So it's right back to, oh, well, your MacBook doesn't work. We'll just buy the whole motherboard for it and slap it in. We'll let you do that. <laughs> Hell, I think repairing cell phones is generally not as a really safe endeavor because the lithium battery is in there. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You go Whereas stabbing like, it. Uh, well, a lot of times they're, well, this is a problem, uh, is they're generally glued in. And so trying to remove it is delicate operation if they didn't glue them in then yeah that'd be a lot easier that, that's one thing is there was a there's talk over in because the eu passed that like usb type c thing for charging phones and basically like any kind of electrical device that needs charging has to be usb type c now uh well maybe not now but like there's probably a date that they that all manufacturers have to be over onto that um and there was talk about basically making it so that cell phones have to have a replaceable battery, which good, 
I don't see how we keep the features that we use on phones now with that, though. And the feature I'm talking about is the fact that they're waterproof now. Mm. Like, you can just throw them into a pool and they're fine. Don't don't quote me on that, though. Don't throw your phones in pools. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but if you crack it open to do a self-repair, you've voided the waterproof. Well, no, no. I'm saying is if they go to a replaceable battery, yeah, um, that's going to be a really hard feature to keep around. Is it water being waterproof? Um, like I, I personally um, would rather have a waterproof phone than a phone that has a replaceable battery. That's just me, though. I'd love it if we had the option. So, like, if Stephen, if you care more about replaceable battery, you can get a replaceable battery phone. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, well, and uh, we, we discussed this a bit in the past. I th- a lot of these design decisions, design decisions were not just the company being greedy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other reasons why, you know, uh, decisions are made. And sometimes the compromise is the end user not being able to service everything for the benefit of all of these other Reasons. situations reasons yeah. yeah and and uh you know uh, we mentioned before like I- in doing the repair do you then somehow alter or change the device such that it you know doesn't meet fcc regulations anymore or or all of these other there's there's so many things that i don't uh, i believe the the right to repair community maybe overlooks with with their just uh their their march towards getting right to repair passed. It, it does seem so that's... many reasons why decisions are made when it comes to designing a product like that. It does seem that a lot of them do have blinders on in that regard. Um, and again, though, like Steve and I fix all our stuff all the time. Like uh, my newest vehicle is 30 years old now. <laughs> True. <laughs> so it's it's one of those like um and like i fix all my appliances and all that like everything um i had my my google pixel 2 phone for five years like i i got a i had i I think i broke the screen on it twice and had it fixed both times um and funny enough is like the second time they had to get in there and replace the screen I told him to just put a new battery in at the same time. <laughs> but what Craft Lab is saying might be the case too is replaceable could just mean it's not welded or glued into the body, mean that it can still be in the sealed housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to like unglue the case, I guess, maybe. But how I read that proposed bill is it has to be user serviceable without tools, which means. You oh, can't really just like a, that's like a back that just clips on and off. Yeah, it clips on and off. And so yeah. it's like, so even if you try to put a gasket in that situation, like I don't see like a toolless way of doing that and getting a good seal. Um, it's just stuff to think about is like, why is it designed that way? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think... Uh, the 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 manufacturers if they're providing something like a new battery or something where you have to get into the device they could provide a, a little slip of paper that just says if you do this repair which you are 
It's your device. You can do it. But here's the results of doing your, this repair. Yeah, you I know? guess so. I, I, I think that would be totally fine to just say, like, look, this is just the nature of it. Like, it might not be waterproof after this. And that's yeah. not our well, fault. Well, that could just be a feature that just kind of goes away in cell phones. It's just they're not waterproof anymore. Or, or phones are gasketed, you know, as yeah. opposed to just glued together. I, I would love if it was like a chunky, like magnesium frame that was like all screwed together. Oh, that'd be so awesome. That was all like screwed <laughs> together. Yeah. Well, I, you, you would like that, but I think most people. Most people would not probably like that. <laughs> most people like the sexy, sleek look of what's. What's but everyone puts a freaking case on them. <laughs> That's so true. Don't, a big chunky plastic case. Case, yeah. yeah so they're yeah. not they're not that sleek, sexy anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's the but but that's but the it's, thing it's that the frustrating Felix, of it being sexy and sleek. You guess, know it's sexy and sleek, even though it doesn't look that way, right? That's my biggest complaint about cell phones. Is like they're designing these to be like thin and and. All that stuff, and then people just put these big chunky cases on them. Hmm. It's just like, just make it that big, and just make it more robust from the get go, and then we don't have to have cases. Uh, but I, I, this now we're getting down into what sells things, and it, and it's a feeling. It's totally a feeling. Like it's it, the feeling that you're part of that. Like, like I have this like amazing. Bring gear back Nokia brick phones. I want to be able to throw Actually, my phone through the drywall. <laughs> if you brought those back, I bet you people would buy them. Absolutely bet you people would buy them. All right. Well, as a as a recap on that, the first right to repair bill hit, and it's a little bit uh, sad, the results of it. I'm curious if we're going to see similar things uh, appear elsewhere or if someone else is going to attempt to do it in a... Uh, in better fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. It's kind of just got gutted. Yeah, um, not kind of. It got totally. I, on on the thing, the main thing I was complaining about is like you're basically the, how it originally was written was you're basically forcing manufacturers to be distributors of their own supply chain, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which there's probably would that. really suck. Yeah, like, no, there's big problems with that. I'm um, not a huge fan of it. And there's a lot of waste in that, too. Um, a lot of e-waste that would go involved uh, in basically holding all those parts. Um, but you could say that, oh, here's the bill of material, which I think it was originally written. You had to have the bill of material available. And then parts that the a person can't go out and go buy then you supply those like you're the only person that sells that part or has that part. Cause I think that was what originally was because like Lewis Rossman was complaining about a, a particular charging IC. That's right. That, yeah. It was, that, it was a that charging only was IC. provided to Apple. So Apple yeah, would right. have to sell that part, but it would just be that part. Yeah. Cause they what? muscled everyone else out, out uh, yeah. and, and basically said, this this is our charging IC. Yeah. Um. So I I would if they made that stipulation, I would hundred percent be on board. Basically, like, because then it would be like, oh, if it's if it's a part that you can go buy on Mauser or Digikey or wherever, 
you don't need a supply because it's a it's a market part, right? Yeah. Which so like it, so which is what, the what, way you and I do it. Yeah, like you go and go look that part up and go see if you can find it somewhere. But the example would be like your your tube amplifiers, Stephen. Yeah. Like you would have how the bill was originally written. You would have to stock all those resistors, all those capacitors, all the sockets, all the tubes, just so you other people can buy them from you. Right, right, yeah. Which, yeah, that's never happening. Yeah, and and and, but great in example, this case, I, I, I got a I got an amp on my on my desk right now that I know, like, I it needs some some capacitors that need swapped out. I can just go to Mauser, find the right ones, and slap them in. And I know it's going to work. That's fine. Like, I don't have to go to the original manufacturer and say, "Give me these exact ones." Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, like, if they would have tweaked that rule to be, if it's not a marketplace part then you actually wouldn't have to keep any of those parts around because you probably buy all of them from other manufacturers. You're not building, you're not having a company build you a specific resistor that only you have, you can buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you are, but <laughs> I'm going to guess not. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have custom transformers. Uh, and, yeah, so you and- would have to supply a, spare transformers if someone wanted to buy that transformer if somebody bought one of my my current amps and for whatever reason they roasted one of the transformers there is not an off-the-shelf version that could replacement now there are ways around it you could you could absolutely cobble something together i wouldn't want that and i would probably work with you to get a new transformer in your device and i would probably be the one who installs it but but yeah i mean there's there's situations like that for sure Another thing to think about is then um, you would have to you would have to keep on hand blank PCBs. It depends on how yeah how far do you go like how many levels well, the down original, on your the original law didn't have a limit of where it went. It just said everything. Yeah yeah true true it and was, that's what I'm getting at with the these full bomb top. To this is what I'm getting at with these blinders. Yeah, is yeah. Um, do does the means justify the ends? Basically, in the, in that case, hmm. I just want to be able to repair my appliances easily. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, perhaps this is unpopular. I I have yet to have an appliance that I haven't been able to fix, and. I've yet to have one that I haven't been able to fix fairly easily as well. Yeah, I, actually, I, I have the same thing. Even my, uh, the, even these, the old uh, Bosch washer and dryers my parents had, I would still manage to fix those. Those are pain in the butt, though. <laughs> I would not recommend. Apparently, everyone has like such great, like, uh, experiences with Bosch washer and dryers. I've had nothing but trouble. But I was able to get them fixed and working, so, yeah. you know. And they actually had a schematic was inside of it when I opened it up, so that was cool. The The squirrel cage blower in my furnace went out years ago, and I found a place down the street from my work that had the motor and the squirrel cage and everything, bought it, fixed the, the, the furnace, like... If you know, if, you, if you're at least a little bit, like, 
mechanically minded, you, like these things are mostly not that difficult to yeah. do. Well, actually, Craft Lab brought up a big a big point with this is the problem with that IC that Lewis Rossman wanted was Apple was blocking. I think it was an on semi was the manufacturer of that part. Oh, I don't remember who it was, but um, Apple was basically block. It, it, you could buy that chip from OnSemi, but you couldn't buy it in the configuration that Apple was buying it in. That Correct. was the whole that's, rub. That's what, that's what I was meaning when I said they muscled everyone else out. They, yeah. they basically made it such that OnSemi sold them a special thing and you could not get I think, it. I think it was an OnSemi part last time I checked. I mean, it's been like a year. Um, but, uh, but that could be a solution. What Craft Lab just mentioned, though, is don't block other OEMs from, or don't block OEMs from selling that same part to other third parties, um, which is kind of like that's actually kind of how automotive stuff works. Is Ford contracts out like a throttle positioning sensor? They don't design or make their own throttle positioning sensor. They go to Bosch or someone else to make or to be like, hey. We need a throttle position sensor. What's in your catalog? And they pick one, make it work with their system. And so, but you can just go to Bosch and buy it yourself. Or, or you go to, or like, uh, there's a lot of other OEMs that will make, um, not necessarily copies, but, um, they're buying it from Bosch too and then rebranding it and that kind of stuff. Like, uh, like, like, um, uh, AutoZone like has their own brand they put on stuff. Mm. Like it's called like Duralast or something like that. There's a lot of stuff you can do. I've, or like I, if I, you really, 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 really care about this, don't give your money to companies that are really, really, really against this. Or politicians. Or politicians. Yeah, don't vote for them. Yeah. Yeah, you you have that power. Yeah, don't vote for this Kathy person if you are, uh, or if you're for right for the repair. Yeah, or let her so, know that you're upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I, my experience is politicians don't really care about if you're upset or not, because all they hear are complaints. So it just goes yeah, to I voicemail. Guess, I guess the whole genesis of this was because enough people were upset about something and this is what it resulted in yeah yeah craft lab support companies that are better about it if you can find any (laughs) (laughs) well and 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 yeah here's here's the other solution if you can't find any then make it yourself yeah hey if you want to be able to if you want to repair your own amps go talk to steven yeah, I'll supply you all the parts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, next topic. Um, I still can't believe that bill got gutted that bad. I knew it was bad, but not yeah. that bad. It's pretty bad. It's basically worthless. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's there's no teeth in it anymore. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Sad. Okay. Um, so this was also a topic we were supposed to talk about last week and didn't because of uh, we ranted about welding for 15 minutes. 
Um, so designing new footprints in the year 2023. Why does this still suck? <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I, I, I love that because like that will never end when some when people are basically like, it's the year X, Y, Z. Why is this still a thing? That's my favorite. Know? That's like I, I view that as like a meme. Oh, it's totally a meme. Yeah. So yeah. that's why. Yeah. It's the year blank. Why are we still blank? <laughs> year 20 XX. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wrote an article about this at the beginning of the year because um, I, I was working on the cat feeder on reminder and the, uh, the solar controller, the solar charging controller uh, IC has its own like recommended layout. So you get like the peak efficiencies and all that stuff from it. Uh, Cause it has built in um, buck boost regulators. And uh, so I was like, okay, I want to use what they specify. So I'm like, okay, there's some inductors um, to put in there. And it's from, uh, it's a coil craft inductor. It's the LPS 4012 series. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't have, I looked first in my library. I'm like, oh, I don't have this. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go design it. And I pull it up and it is, it's not the worst footprint in the world, but I looked at it and having done enough like mechanical design, I'm like a mechanical engineer dimensioned that drawing, not an electrical engineer. <laughs> and so I started like a topic on like, in our Slack channel and on, on Twitter about this. And apparently this is like, I, I basically was like, does anyone else have this problem with any other? Cause I only know like Eagle uh, for my EDA tool design tool for electronics. And I'm like, is this just an Eagle thing or is this just everything is like this? And everyone's just like, it's everything. Mm. Um, which is the problem that happens is uh, in EDA tools, you don't do relative measurements. It's all absolute coordinates for points. So like if you draw a polygon, you don't define it. You don't define it as like, oh, it's an object with five sides. Let's do like a, a, a pentagon. Uh, it's not an object with five sides and each side is uh, got this angle relationship between them and it's this long of a side. It, you could do that in, in like, let's say SolidWorks or Autodesk Fusion. You can, mm. that's, that's how you define what a, a pentagon is, right? But in Eagle, you would have five points and each one would have an absolute location of where that point would be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dip trace is the same way. Dip trace is the exactly same way. Yep. Altium is the same way. All these tools are this way. The and no one I've never seen someone dimension a part that's got a funky footprint in this way. Like, just give me like here's zero zero, and then give me just the coordinates of all the of all the points. Yeah, okay, uh, interesting side note there. You just said give me zero zero. That is one thing that I find aggravating about footprints is most of the time or not footprints but but like data sheet dimensions it's okay for you to say this is our origin 
in this drawing. It's okay for you to relay that to us because I'm probably going to draw it that way as well. But most of the time you don't get like a reference point or you have to come up with one yourself or you have to glean it from how their dimensions yeah. are. Like just say like, this is what we called our origin and it would be yeah, and then reference so everything much easier. Up yeah. yeah. And I can change it from there. I can make my own origin from there, but just yeah. let me know what yours is. Yes. Yeah. So this component is actually for it's actually really well dimensioned like i could draw this part in autodesk fusion in about 13 seconds mm -hmm. <laughs> okay yeah it takes about awesome. 30 minutes in eagle okay um and i suspect that this problem is probably the leading cause of why parts don't fit on prototypes. Oh, just just easy to make mistakes. Easy mistakes. You got to do some math. You have to do some basically uh, geometry math on some stuff to get the points. And so it's not just like reading a number off and punching that in. It's like, oh, I have to take this measurement, divide it by two, add it to this offset, maybe yeah. minus this thing. And then, no. oh, and the reference is here. So in my offset is this. Like, like you, they make you do arithmetic to figure out something that could have just been dimensioned to make it easy. Like, great example is just, well, inductors. I mean, you have yours, your example is an inductor, but even just a chip inductor, I've seen them so many times where the dimensions are to the outside of everything. And yeah. then you have to figure out what the center of the pads are. With and, yeah, you Why? Why do they do that? <laughs> It's it's awful. You look at I've had it before where I was like, oh, this is a great part. And then I looked at the dimensions. And I was like, I'm going to go find another part yeah, because no, I didn't no. want to do that work. We're like, so it's a chip component. OK, it's got two pads. OK, and you get an outside pad dimension and then an inside pad dimension. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's like, yeah, you put two. You just give us you only need center to center. Yeah. But you gave us two that don't give us the right answer, like the answer right away. And the funny thing is, it's not like you're doing CYA. You're still defining the pad width and and everything. Yeah. You're just giving us the dimensions that don't work with our tools. Yeah, like you're giving us all tools. the wrong dimensions, even though it's technically fully defined. Oh my god, my blood pressure's through the roof. <laughs> I hate I hate it so much. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but 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 this particular inductor that on yours it's kind of the pads are like two pac-men or two boomerangs yeah they're like pac-man shapes yeah yeah but it's sort of pac-man shape and there's so many dimensions because yeah. they're, they're they're dimensioning all the 45s yeah in like every point but yeah like and on top of that yes you can in you can glean that the their origin is in the center but they don't tell you that no they don't tell you it yeah. It's kind of like when you look at it, you're like, yes, it's in the middle. But yeah, like, you're right. They why would it be anywhere you. else? Yeah, but, why would it be anywhere else? But at the same time, it's just... Uh, and, and and on top of that, is it really necessary for the footprint to be two boomerang shapes? Like, it prob this probably could get away with just two rectangles. I bet probably. you two rec probably rectangles could. work just fine. But I drew it as boomerangs, because of course... Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> no, no, I, I've gotten into a habit with anything that is a little bit more complex with footprints. Uh, in dip trace, you 
in 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 the uh, footprint editor you can apply dimensions uh and and demonstrate them in this way now that's not the way diptrace prefers it and you like you don't dimension it and then applies it it's after you've placed the physical the absolute locations of points you can then just draw a dimension between them and show that the dimension is that oh. you don't define it that way you just show it so what i typically you do is almost I, got me to switch diptrace uh, no yeah no that i mean yeah no nah, that would probably take a lot more but uh but but you can you can demonstrate the the dimensions are correct. So most of the time I will draw it and then put all the dimensions and just you put like in the reference reference dimensions. Okay. Well, such that if I ever come back to it, I can just glance at it and be like, yeah, this is correct. No, no, that helped. That would help a lot. Yeah. I could see that being really useful. And 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 it is possible to be able to turn on the the dimensions in the PCB editor such that you can see those dimensions once it's on your board so you can check it on the board that's a cool little feature but that doesn't help you actually draw anything that just helps you confirm that you drew confirm it that you drew it so right. you've already done all the work it's just that step yeah. of the warm and fuzzies being like yeah all my numbers are right yeah that's oh. that, that that totally sucks in fact the way dip trace would do this I, I actually i have no idea how eagle would would handle this but but in dip trace i would have to go into the polygon editor and i would that's have to go and edit each point and calculate every single point all my x yeah, y's that's, that's what i had to do so basically what i did is i i basically uh had a uh a piece of paper and i just calculated each point mm. and then yep, punched yep. at it and basically i drew the general shape in eagle and in a polygon and then i went back and edited each point yeah 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 very error prone jeez oh, that, that that's exactly why after i would draw them i would put all the dimensions in div trace just to confirm that it matches the data sheet one match one. match the data sheet yeah and so it looks like it but still it's why why is that why? necessary yeah um, don't, so don't, make it, I, don't make it harder I, than it needs to be. Yeah, I, I I looked into... I haven't dove into it yet, but remember we had... Uh, what was his name on the podcast? Um, he was he was working with... He was like Eagle's product developer. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a while ago. Or he was like the lead product on Eagle with uh, Autodesk. Yeah, they were and we talked about a bunch of new features and what Fusion or Autodesk was the integration and yeah. It was Benjamin Jordan. Okay. That was a long time ago. Episode 253. When was this? December 2nd, 2020. So, 2 years ago. Yeah. Um I haven't looked into that yet. But so this, this is the thing. This has been a problem since like cavemen were building boards. Okay. <laughs> Dimensioning paintings on the walls of caves. Yeah. So this has been, been a problem forever. Um, and Because like the solution is either the EDA tools need to change. And so you can dimension stuff the way that mechanical engineers dimension stuff. Or you change it to that mechanical engineers and the data sheets actually give you absolute positions of all the points. And so for EDA tools, um, there's no like come to the middle and like 
like compromise at all. It's like either one system or the other system. You can't really uh, think about it like a, a hybrid system. of both systems would be really cool. Be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it would be really cool if you could dimension something to a point and your EDA tool would force that to be an absolute at that point. I mean, that's just what a zero zero origin is. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you if you if you apply a dimension like you do in fusion to a, well, no, uh, to an edge, I'm, then it forces that, you know? I mean, that's what I'm getting at is if the Autodesk Fusion PCB tool is anything like Fusion, then it you can dimension it the way that the mechanical engineer at Coilcraft did. And then now you can make sure that your footprint's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to... It won't be for the cat feeder, but I'm going to... My next project, I'm going to try to use that tool. Hmm. I'm going to try to use the Autodesk Fusion tool and see if it's anything like dimensioning a mechanical product. Because I lo- like... Fusion is such a great tool. I know there's a lot of people that are like, SolidWorks all the way. I'm like, Fusion works great. It's way cheaper. <laughs> right now it is, I guess. Yeah. So. Hmm. I, I just wonder- look back on like, I used to do 3D design for mechanical stuff in SketchUp. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I made Ske- that work. SketchUp, SketchUp was, oh, the, the thing about SketchUp that's nice is like, y- you learn like three or four rules and then you can make anything. Yeah, you're right. It's like three or four rules, and then you can make whatever you want to make. <laughs> yeah, it might be really tedious because you have to do those three or four rules a gazillion times. Yeah, but like you got it. It there you go. Yep. I, I the 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 thing that really sucked about uh, SketchUp is the fact that certain shapes, like everything, was a polygon. It it didn't have inherent characteristics to shapes. So like a circle was just a bunch of lines. Yeah, it, it was like whereas a, like with a proper tool, a circle is defined as a thing. But well, a circle in SketchUp, a circle was defined as like how many segments lines it would make up a circle. So it would be some number of straight lines making up right. a circle. Right. Whereas in most other tools, it's defined as like a formula for a circle. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it has a radius. Right. Right. And when you intersect, you can be confident about intersections on the circle, whereas with SketchUp, it would snap to whatever's the closest line segment point. And uh, that screwed things up on small scales. And, you know, most of the time that wasn't an issue. Sometimes it was. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's the difference between mindsets. Like if you're just doing like architectural stuff, that is, you know, for intended for showing the the client with SketchUp, it's great for that kind of stuff because it's fast and you can knock it out. But if I'm trying to design a product that I want to be bulletproof, I need better tools than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 2023. Let's fix the footprint issue. And the issue and the problem and the the solution isn't go to like uh, Snap EDA and download the footprint. That's not the solution because <laughs> someone had to already make that foot. The, the, someone had to make that footprint initially. You know, I, I wonder. I wonder if it would be 
nice if if you know you, you could keep these dimensions on the data sheet but just show one of the pads and have the coordinates of all the points just have the xy coordinates of all of them just give it to you yeah like that would be nice make it really easy yeah it's been a long time since i've made a footprint in altium have you used altium much for making footprints i have not i i've edited footprints i don't think i've made a lot yeah i've edited them i haven't made any though no um i i i i I don't know if it was be if it would allow for this kind of thing i kind of feel like it doesn't if no one told me of any eda tool that does do like the mentioning everything's absolute coordinates right right fun times so that was the MacFab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. Thank you, Yes You Are Listener, for downloading our podcast. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic, or know of an EDA tool that does the mentioning, let us know tweet us at macfab at longhorn engineer or at analog eng or email us at podcast at macfab.com also check out our slack channel you can find it at macfab.com slash slack